Let's Go Tokyo with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. Hello and welcome for the last time to Let's Go Tokyo. Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings with you. Well, that's it. It's all over. We've seen elite athletes compete over the last two weeks, cheered them on and watched on with their nervous families back home in Australia. And our Aussie athletes did us proud with a total of 80 Paralympic medals, 21 of which were gold. We finished eighth on the medal tally with China, Great Britain and the USA taking out the top three spots. And just like the opening ceremony, the closing ceremony didn't disappoint. Entitled Harmonious Cacophony, it involved both able-bodied actors as well as those with disabilities. The theme was described by organisers as a world inspired by the Paralympics, one where differences shine. Have to say, before the Olympics, before the Paralympics, there were question marks about how these two events would run, and you'd have to say they both get a massive tick, and for the Paralympians, uh, the time has come and gone, and they can hold their heads up high. All those athletes that got across to Tokyo uh, before Formed, some at their optimum, some not so much, but uh, the journey they've gone through to get there and uh, the colour, the excitement of the closing ceremony just put into perspective uh, what those two weeks meant to so many people who found their way to Tokyo and to loved ones who uh, couldn't be there uh, because of the, the COVID scenario. But off the back of that, you'd have to say a massive success. And uh, from an Australian perspective, of course, there was a lot to like as well. Retiring swimmer Ellie Cole signed off in style as Australia's flag bearer. She became, as a 20 29-year-old Australia's most decorated female Paralympian with 17 medals across four games after winning bronze and silver relay medals in Tokyo. And of course, back in Australia to commemorate the end of the Games, the Sydney Opera House was lit up with photos of our Paralympians in action, which is a, a terrific gesture. Yeah, and as you say, Skeet, it meant so much to the athletes that the Games went ahead despite the COVID pandemic, but for so many people around the world, it was such a special event. What was your highlight? Well, there's a couple. I'm going to start with locally, parochial. Ben Popham and uh, in the pool winning the 100 metres just an exciting moment and you could see the vision from uh, his family and friends gathering around the TV watching it on 7 that it meant so much to them and uh, a great reward for a great young Western Australian who's going to of course be able to always be remembered as a gold medal Paralympian and that was for me a standout but I suppose being a Piscean and slightly romantic as well at heart although my wife would Big to differ on that <laughs> description. Um, you couldn't go past, I wouldn't have thought, uh, the couple from Cape Verde in Africa. Now, the female athlete finished fourth in her event, of course, by her side or certainly providing as her guide, was her partner, who in the uh, heats of the qualifying heats of the 200 metres at the conclusion, what did he do? He got down on one knee, Benny, and he said, will you? She said yes. And, of course, all those hopeless romantics out there thought it was just one of the moments of the Games. Well, that's it. Well, as the second proposal we saw in Tokyo, there was one during the Olympics as well. Was it Was it a fencer, I think? Maybe, yeah, or a fencer, yes. And certainly the coach was in the, the background. The coach in the background holding up a sign. Maybe, so, look, romance alive and well. Bear in mind, that coach in the Olympics had been knocked back about 10 years before, <laughs> eight years before. So he was due to get a, a, a response in the affirmative. He was due to get a win. Uh, and for my highlight, it's you know it, goes, it wasn't a gold medal, but it was a medal, a bronze medal, to our good mate Robin Lambert, who was on the show before the Olympics. Uh, she won in the 100 metres in the wheelchair class. Uh, she was ranked fourth in the world going in, so a bronze medal was definitely a big result for her. Uh, and it was just, I guess, uh, such, a, such an incredible achievement for someone who I think the pundits didn't think 
she had a medal chance. Uh, she was uh, much more slightly built than some of her uh, opponents, um, but she stormed home, uh, was, a, was a chair length in front at the finish line. And uh, for her, she's not only uh, an incredible Paralympic medalist, but she also goes down in history as the first non-binary Paralympian to ever win a medal. So that's history making uh, of a very different kind and Robin Lambert is my hero of the Games. And we had the pleasure of having a chat with her, which is fantastic as well. So uh, some wonderful stories and great storylines coming out of the past two weeks indeed. As is customary for the Olympics and Paralympics, the marathon is saved till last. And maybe we saved the best till last, with WA's very own Madison Di Rosario taking out gold in the marathon. And we're very lucky to be joined by her mum, Linda, now. G'day, Linda. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you feeling? Um, mixed emotions. I don't know what to do with myself now. It's all done. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy she came in first, but... I'm absolutely exhausted at the same time. Well, tell us, Linda, about the emotional roller coaster of watching a loved one in such a big event and given, you know, the work that she's put in over the years to get to that point. Yeah, it's been a definitely a roller coaster ride with training and COVID and being away from Madison because Madison lives in Sydney and we're in Perth and not being able to visit each other because we normally visit two or three times a year. Um, so that's been really, really hard. We have been on Zoom most nights, um, meal prepping, doing things like that together. But, yeah, what a race. You could see the, the effort that she put into that. She has been through the ups and downs. And that last hill, let me tell you, <laughs> that was reminiscent of the, I guess, the five years that she's been through to get to where she is today. And we saw some vision of you on the news cheering and yelling at the TV yesterday. <laughs> it, it must have been pretty stressful. You know, as a mum, I actually go with her on all her races emotionally. And to see her in that last 500, that was definitely longer than the whole marathon put together. It was just that. And Manuela Shah, I mean, what a beautiful athlete she is. I just love her to bits. I want to adopt her. <laughs> um, and just that finish, that she smiled for Madison, and Madison just couldn't believe that, you know, that was the end of it. But, yeah, that was that was tough to watch as a mum. And, yes, I was totally exhausted after that. Yeah, well, you mentioned that that last hill represented the last five years of her journey. Can you explain that for us? Well, I guess like everybody in, in the world right now, we've all gone through our ups and downs and, and how we cope with life and, you know, and how we move on. And, you know, Madison's no different and all these athletes are no different. And it's just, I guess for, for Madison, it's a closing ceremony and it's the last one she's going to do on that world stage and well, for another three years anyway. But I guess it's just it just shows that people, if you just keep persevering, you can get to the end and be proud of your, of your achievements. And so, Linda, what does this mean for, for Madison? Obviously, it's a huge achievement. Um, we haven't had a chance to have an in-depth chat with her, but uh, mm. can you talk us through how she's feeling at the moment? And you know her better than anyone is about what this represents for her career and also in terms of uh, the hunger in the belly to, to do it again. Well, <laughs> I guess for Madison, you know, the marathon is the tough one. She likes it because of the strategy involved. Um and, I, and it is just a culmination of five years of, of hard work. She, she feels very proud of herself that that's what she's accomplished. Um, and, you know, it doesn't stop here for her. She's off to Berlin, Chicago and London after this to, to do it all over again. 
I just think that's crazy, but <laughs> that's, that's her chosen career. <laughs> And she's been called now the newest Australian legend on par with Louise Savage. Uh, have you spoken to her? I have spoken to Maddie, but, you know, Maddie's my daughter. She's not a legend. She's my babe. So, <laughs> I mean, but and, you know, she's on a great platform, So, and she's a fantastic role model. I just hope that, you know, people see her for all of who she is, like I do. I just see this Madison as a beautiful person and a great role model, and she's got a long way to go. All of the above, Linda, and let's put this result in perspective. That's what she was there to do. But uh, back in Australia, there's been a bit of chatter about the financial remuneration for, for Paralympians and even gold medalists, etc. Um, if you can tell me what you think that will do for, for Maddie in terms of financially, but also perhaps some marketing, etc., sponsorship, which, of course, given uh, the funds that are required quite often, yeah, they could go a long way. Yeah, I remember Madison moving to Sydney um, before Rio and her struggling to, to pay rent. And, you know, she never got remunerated for any of the races that she did. I think it's great that, you know, the government has stepped up and just seen that they represent Australia just like anybody else, just like the Olympians do. So why wouldn't they get remunerated for their achievements and what they do? But I hope this goes beyond that. I hope it goes now into our workforce. Why can't we? employ disabled people why can't we just broaden that out a little bit more i mean this is a good step a good stepping stone let's just keep it rolling let's just keep going and embrace everybody for who they are what they represent what they can do let's let's move forward let's not take a step back from here yeah well said linda and do you feel that in that regard this paralympics has been i guess a watershed moment uh, for the way the public view people uh, with disability because it, it has been more visible uh, everybody has just been loving the performances over there in tokyo i think yeah i i think the coverage has been brilliant I think the Paralympians held their own and people saw them holding their own and saw them as as people and that's exactly how they should be seen. So I think this is a really good start um, and, you know, let's all come together. Let, let the 80% do something. The 20% or the 15% have done enough. Let us 80% get together and open up these barriers so there are no more barriers. Let them move through us. Let them move through our society like they should. We're speaking to the mother of Madison de Rosario, Linda, after her remarkable success in the marathon at the Tokyo Paralympic Games as part of our Let's Go Tokyo podcast. Linda, you mentioned she's in Sydney, uh, based there. You're here. Begs the question, when will you get to see her next? I don't know. I don't even think that we're going to make it together at Christmas. Mm. So it's already been two years. I think I've seen her once in those two years. We usually fly across Australia three or four times a year, and we just haven't done that. So I don't even get to embrace her after this achievement that she's that she's done. So it's, it's, it's a little bittersweet for me, but it is what it is, and we do move on, and we'll try and make the best of it. But, yeah, I promised her when I didn't go to Beijing that I would go to every other Paralympian, Paralympic meet because um, we spent $3,000 on the phone in Beijing and I should have just gone. So I, I promised that I would be at every one of them and I just feel like I'm just not there in Tokyo, just like all the other parents out there. Mm. But, yeah, it is what it is. Well, Paris 2024 is not that far away. 
right. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> saving for that one. And so well, is, is Maddie already talking about that? Do you think she'll go around again? Oh, definitely. She's just starting. She's got a lot more in her. Um, she's actually looking forward to um, the Queensland mm. Paralympics. So in three in three how was that thirteen more years? So yeah, so she's she's ready to go. Yeah, wow. She, she's already a superstar. She'll be one of the most <laughs> famous uh, famous Paralympic athletes by then. Well, she's pretty famous in our books. We, we, I mean, she's done leaps and bounds with with the platform that she's on. She's um she makes me proud every time. I love the way she speaks. I love the way how she's very succinct and she has purpose in what she says. So yeah, to me. She's pretty much a legend, but I know her as Maddie Madison, mm. um, and I know what she can and can't do. So I know a couple of secrets. <laughs> I have to say, Linda, 2032, and I'm not sure about you, we've done the math as to how old we'll be, and it's not looking pretty for us, uh, but we'll try and get there anyway, <laughs> uh, it, which seems a long way off, but it's going to get here very quickly. Just on Louise Savage <laughs> and the influence that she's had on Madison, um, can you quantify or... Well, give us an insight into the relationship between that pair. Maddie and Lou are very different people, but they make it work, and it's amazing what they achieve together. Lou, Lou's a very strong individual, and so is Maddie. So sometimes they do come up against each other, but it's so healthy that they actually talk about it, and they they come through it together and come up with a strategy and the logistics needed to do what they need to do. So as a team, they work so well together and the respect that they have for each other is amazing. It's just brilliant to watch. Mm. Well, you mentioned that uh, that Maddie uh, makes you proud all the time. You must be proud to see uh, what she's been able to achieve as an influencer on social media. Uh, do you feel that she's <laughs> inspiring a whole generation of not only athletes but young people, whether they have disabilities or not? Definitely. But I think her dog, Sebastian, has a, a lot to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she, you know, she's she's... She's a no-nonsense girl. She calls people out if they've done something wrong. She, you know, I know that she has put on her page some of the comments that she gets from, you know, people that are unflavoursome, I guess, and calls them out for that. And so she should. So I think that she's a great role model in that, in, in that way, that you shouldn't have to put up with, you know, the negativity from other people. It's got nothing to do with them. Live the best life you can. Be the best version you can, however that pans out. Mm. Well, Linda Di Rosario, mother of Maddie, a Tokyo gold medalist. No wonder you're proud of it. We're very <laughs> proud of her too. Thanks for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Tokyo's top moments. Now, there's so many top moments. We won't go back through all of the highlights of the last two weeks. There's simply too many of them to name. But I think one thing that needs to be pointed out, we just mentioned it a second ago with Linda Di Rosario, is the Australian government coming to the party and announcing that they'll chip in to help fund the Paralympic prize money for medal winners. Yeah, totally agree with that. In fact, it's staggering that when you look at 
what we're chasing in society with equality in all shapes and sizes that this hasn't been on the table before but all you can do as a government and those in power is to address the wrongs and this is maybe not the the full uh, conversion that uh, some of the athletes and the, those that deserve the the payments are going to get but it is a really nice start because let's be honest as Linda mentioned uh, the funding comes primarily from the athlete themselves or or the bank of uh, mum and dad and that unfortunately is the way it's been for so long but that's a really good step uh, from the government let's hope that is something that's put in place uh, as a absolute cement in place for the next uh, uh, games as well. Yeah, and what a shame job for the Australian government that it took a public crowdfunding campaign mm. that was reported about in the media to really guilt trip them into coming to the party. Like, it's a joke. Uh, and so at least a logic prevailed and there will be some parity for these uh, Paralympic athletes who've done us so proud. Yep, so much so. We uh, look back, as we said, with 80 Paralympic medals, 21 of them gold. Look, I mentioned Ben Poppin as one of the highlights for me. Uh, Ellie Cole also, uh, they they stand out because of their high-profile nature, but I guess Madison D. Rosario locally gives us a, a feel-good story. So many great moments from the Australians' perspective. And look, initially, Ben, we talked about uh, were the Australians not performing to their maximum? Were they underachieving compared to what they have in the past? I think when you look back, you can feel relatively satisfied with 21 gold medals, 80 medals in total. Well, we finished eighth on the medal table in Tokyo. We finished fifth on the medal table in Rio. But you know what the big difference is this time around? This time, Russia is competing, uh, whereas in Rio, they were banned, so there was no Russian athletes, and so they took some of the medals away from us and took a spot on the uh, the ROC, sorry. Well, you can't call them Russia, but the Russian Olympic Committee team. Let's just go back to the fact they are top 10 Australia. Australia yeah. We finished top 10 at the Paralympics and if you're going as they say pound for pound or weight for age with the rest of those nations we per capita have done an exceptional job. It. Absolutely smashed it. It's great to see and we certainly go into Paris in now what's only three years instead of usually four years uh, with very high hopes. And not just that, I think what we'll find in the next month, maybe month and a half, is that we'll get the Olympians and the Paralympians together here in Perth for a, uh, a civic parade or certainly a reception to honour their achievements. We know that the Olympians are back and have been quarantined and now uh, safely out in the community. Once the Paralympians have done likewise, and hopefully we can get as many back into Perth as possible, then absolutely that would be a, an absolute a perfect way to say thank you for giving us a lot of light, a lot of love and a lot of enjoyment over the past couple of months when much of Australia has been in lockdown. And how great would it be to see Olympians and Paralympians shoulder to shoulder uh, as equals because I think this this Games, more than anything, has shown, I guess, just how incredible the Paralympics are. I think the ratings reflect that and the interest level, it's been unprecedented really uh, in terms of the exposure for these sports and these athletes uh, and we just hope it continues builds on it uh, we get more people inspired to take part and uh, Paris we do even better well that's it for us for Let's Go Tokyo what a ride it's been as we've brought you all of the action from the Olympics and the Paralympics Tokyo has done the Games proud in an incredibly difficult set of circumstances and our Aussie athletes have done us proud thanks for joining us we'll catch you again in three years You've been listening to Let's Go Tokyo by The West Live with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings.